Welcome everyone, you are listening to the I Am A Sparching Podcast with your host, Scott Knowles. Enjoy the show, it will probably suck. Scott the Fane Knowles, and you're listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR podcast. Alabama Super Sprint Weekend was epic. To me personally, I thought it was better than Jacksonville race. So if you missed Alabama, you missed out. I loved the bush hogged, you know, technical terrain. That was great. It was a little colder than I would have liked it to be, but once you got started running, you warmed up super fast. Uh, I managed to pull off a sixth place in the uh, Super on Saturday. I run clean all weekend long. Uh, there was, an, I don't think I had, I think fifth and fourth place passed me towards the end, and they had a way better pace. They, they were just faster than me, without a doubt. Uh, on Sunday, a lot, of, a lot of the people that run Saturday didn't run Sunday, including Dustin Livingood, because there's no way I can keep up with that dude. And... Uh, so I man- managed to uh, take first place after the first, I guess, mile. About where the barbed wire was, I took first place. And um, I held it the whole race until almost the end. Uh, a guy that was in the 45 to 49 group, he come around me right when we was coming to the vertical cargo. And I asked him, I was like, I was like what age group are you in? And he said 45 to 49. I was like, good, because you're going faster than me. <laughs> And I, I actually, he passed me on the rig, and he was climbing up the A-frame, and he was about to go over the top, and I was about halfway up it, and I said, well, I'm just going to do a tuck and roll. Maybe I can get around him, and I was able to get around him and just barely pass him. So I, was, I couldn't believe that I was able to get first place in this age group because I just think that this age group is a faster age group. So I was blessed and had a good run. I was lucky. So... On today's episode, I have a really cool guy, Cole DeRosa. And if you don't know who this guy is, you've been living under a rock because he is a badass OCR racer. And the interview's kind of long, but it's worth it. It's a great episode. I was happy to have him on the show. Also, I got a couple of extra reviews, and I'm going to read those. The first one is BroCR Loves This from BroSecker. Five stars. What? Ha- why have I not written a review of this? Because I'm a dingbat. That's why. Scott is the man and he loves the sport. Listen to this and dive face first into the culture. Much love, brother. That's from Jacob from uh, the Bro CR. And they've just started their Bro CR Supercast. I've listened to the first few episodes and it's pretty good. You want to check that out for sure. Uh, I've got another one here from Tom underscore Jersey Shore. Excellent insight to OCR. Five stars. Gets top talent on the show to interview. Covers all things OCR. Great podcast and very entertaining. Thanks, Tom. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate running into all the listeners at the Alabama race this past weekend, too. I run an open heat after I finished uh, Sunday and met a lot of you. and It means a lot 
to the people that come up and uh, talk to me. And I uh, ask anybody to uh, reach out and uh, come come say hello at the races. Here goes the interview with Cole. Hope you enjoy it. Cole DeRosa, what is up today, friend? My brother. Hey, good afternoon, good evening. Hey, good to talk to you, man. Thanks for having me on. Hey, man, I'm glad to have you on, man. And before we get into how much of a badass you are at OCR and destroying Spartan races, man, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Well, man, first, let me just go and backtrack and say, hey, thanks for having me on. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a rare opportunity to be part of the uh, the best podcast in the OCR community. So I'm, I'm stoked to be on and uh, talk with you. Now so, you're just uh, trying to get him a pants. <laughs> <laughs> hey, not to mention, hey, you are my first. So, you know, be, be easy on me here. So oh, uh, it's cool. my first podcast. So, uh, yeah, good to go. So I'm glad I got to do it with you. No, um, yeah, OCR. Uh, I'll try to, you know, yeah. How did I how did I get into it? So pretty cool. So my first uh, race was in 2015. Um, so I was stationed, and I'm sure we'll talk to that uh, here in a bit. I was stationed uh, in San Antonio, Texas, and I was actually on a deployment. And a guy was telling me about uh, you know this the Spartan race thing. He said, "Hey, you should check into it." You know, after deployment. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, let, let's uh, let's see. It was close to San Antonio. Uh, it was the Austin uh, Super Sprint. Of course, when you say Austin, I found it really quick. It was nowhere near Austin. It was right. closer to San Antonio than it was Austin. Yep, I think that's uh, it. everybody goes through that when they start looking up Spartan races. But like, yeah. oh, it, it says it's in Atlanta or it says it's in Jacksonville, but no, it's two hours away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Got to learn quick to do a little, uh, you know, recon on the map to find out which airports to fly into for real so yeah i uh, came back from a deployment and uh you know i signed up for it uh i went ahead and jumped back then of course they had the competitive heats and uh yeah that was the first one in uh, austin texas and uh after that first one i tell you i, I was hooked so that's kind of how i you know initially got the ocr bug if you will i hear you so you so you signed up for your first race in competitive right yeah, I did. You know, um, you know, being in the military, you know, fitness and is a key component. Uh, you know, just to being a, a, a soldier. So I, I figured I had the, uh, the fitness ability uh, to you know jump into the competitive, and then two, just being uh, you know as a combat arms guy, you know, uh, an infantry guy, ranger qualified. You know, I knew the obstacles in Spartan um, transitioned very easily uh, into what I normally do. You know, think rope climbs, wall, a frame, cargo net. Right. Um, you know, all those are something that we normally do anyway in, in combat arms. So I was like, ah, let me, you know, and running my running was okay. Um, and so yeah, I jumped into competitive and uh, had a great race. Uh, I think I was uh, first in the yeah, masters division, of course, when they had that, you know, pretty plus forty and eighth yeah. overall. Um, and I said, ooh, hey, this is uh, this is pretty good. Yeah, you were probably uh, making like some this. bank then when they had the masters division. Yeah, you know. It wasn't too good. I didn't. I didn't really hit my first uh, Masters Elite until the next year, sixteen after another deployment. Right. So, man, tell us a little bit about it, because because you're Army. So, tell us a little bit about you know why did you join the Army, man, and and when you were growing up? Because I think you told me you you joined up in '92. So, what made you decide to join the Army, man? Yeah, I mean. 
it was really probably just the best decision for me, uh, meaning there was no way I was ready for college. Um, one, really didn't have the funds available to go to a college. Uh, and so you know, the Army was, I, I thought, a means to an end. One, you could join up and uh, uh, for college funds. So, you know, they provide a college fund opportunity. Um, so when you get out, there's a you know, bulk of money that you can then apply to college. So I said, okay, well, that's that's an easy win right there, too. Right. Again, I, there was no way I was mentally prepared, uh, mature enough to go to college. So I would have bounced right out. So, uh, you know, you got to do something. And uh, so I thought the military was uh, obviously a uh, you know, something that would uh, kind of fit in line with uh, my mentality. Uh, my adoptive father uh, was in the military, uh, and uh, my mother actually also in the army. So, oh wow, um, it felt yeah. Cool. So it kind of felt natural, um, and joined the military or joined the army. And uh, just a few months out of high school, um, I actually graduated in Germany high school. My last two years, uh, that's where my father was stationed. Oh, so, cool. Yeah, that was really cool. So I, I graduated in 92 and actually stayed another six months in Germany playing German soccer um, until uh, until really just – or excuse me, I graduated in 91 um, and then left in January of 92, left Germany uh, to join the military. So I joined, yeah, January of 1992. That's pretty cool, man. So you've been all over the place. Yeah, you know, it was, it's a great experience, especially at, uh, you know, those developmental years to, to have that opportunity to, you know, experience things like, you know, Europe and uh, just you get forced into uh, or outside of your comfort zone. And, uh, you know, those are good. You know, it's a good experience that you take with you for, you know, for life. So, yeah, that was really cool. And so you, you did the Ranger games and, and, and stuff like Killian did too, right? Yeah, so best range. You, pr- you probably did them before he did. <laughs> uh, I did. Yeah, I was. You know, I think he and I are about ten years apart. Uh, so I did mine in 2012. Again, right after uh, a deployment to Afghanistan. Um, yeah. So you know, best range of competition is. Uh, you know, it's it's the uh, the hardest endurance competition out of all the services. It's a 60 straight hour competition. Starts on a Friday morning at you know Fort Benning, Georgia, the home of the infantry. Um, yeah. That's uh, you know because I'm an infantryman. So uh, yeah, so um, starts like zero uh, six hundred, if you will, or six in the morning on a Friday, and runs all the way through Sunday till around uh, yeah four o'clock in the afternoon, and it's really just continuous nonstop. Um, with a variety of um, ranger level tasks from skill level one to a skill level three and basically you know everything from you know weapons and marksmanship uh, from a variety of weapons to small arms all the way to mortars uh, you know to um, you know repelling jumping out of helicopters uh, medical um, so you know it's it's really good um, it was extreme honor and a privilege to be part of that and to be selected because there's only 51 teams every year that are selected uh, to to attend best ranger competition. And it's, and team, so every, it's teams of two, right? Teams of two, you and your ranger partner. So every division. So think, you know, big picture, even if you're not familiar with the military, everybody knows like 101st Airborne, 82nd Airborne, because yeah. we know those from World War II and Vietnam. So each division that large, which can say just roughly speaking, 12,000 soldiers can only send two, maybe at most three teams to, uh, from that division. So one, you got to qualify within that division, say 
for me, I was in 101st Airborne at the time. Uh, so me and my uh, partner and another team from 101st qualified. And then you submit your packet to the Ranger uh, Regiment, who now look at all these teams. And they're like, we want to have the best 51-man teams uh, available. Uh, and so now they go through and rank order and then make a choice. There's a couple different cuts, and then uh, you get a letter of acceptance, and boom, uh, it's time to you know head to Best Ranger. So yeah, 2012, um, competed in Best Ranger competition. Um, one, it's hard to get there. Two, just yeah. to finish uh, is, is is incredible. Uh, me and my partner were able to finish, you know, because there's usually an attrition rate of anywhere from uh, you know 50 you know, or yeah 30 to 50 percent of the best of the best and don't even make it through uh, to the final day. So just to, to make it to the end and compete uh, with my, my brother in arms, it was a pretty amazing opportunity. That's awesome, man. I think I'd have been a freaking zombie if I was awake for 60 hours, man. Well, you know, like I said, as an infantryman in the combat arms. You're used arms, to it, I'm sure. Yeah, sleep deprivation. Well, you know, you kind of try to train to it. You either... You adapt to it. Some do well, some not as well, but sleep deprivation, food deprivation um, is just kind of part of the process, whether you're deployed in an environment um, or you're just in a, in a training environment. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that helps. And, uh, yeah, it was definitely beneficial. And uh, a big shout out to uh, Sergeant First Class uh, Garcia, Al Garcia. He was uh, my best ranger buddy. And uh, so, yeah, that was good. We had a good time and represented 101st. That's cool, man. And you're still active duty and everything right now, too. Yeah, correct. Um, believe it or not, crazy. 24 years of service in. I'm uh, down here at uh, uh, U.S. Special Operations Command, SOCOM headquarters uh, here in Tampa. That's cool, man. So are you going to be like uh, lifetime and retire? So, yeah, it, I could retire uh, any day uh, after 20 years of active duty service oh yeah uh, you're eligible for retirement so i'm eligible at any time but it's uh you know when you still feel that you can uh, contribute to the mission and you like what you do um and one and, and three it's kind of a scary thought to, to hang up that uniform that's all i've known so uh the only I'm thing dead. else i think i would do is uh, just you know travel the world doing spartan if i retired so then maybe that's an opportunity here in the near future that would be radical yeah so man you, you sent me this uh sheet man and it looks like you've been in about every single conflict since you joined up dude no nah, that's true um yeah it's i don't really realize it until uh, i have to you know military got to have a bio just about for everything and uh even with work, working with some sponsors i uh, want to make sure they had a snapshot of my bio when you look at it when it's laid out and I'm, that's I'm a lot kind of put it together yeah i realized wow there's been a lot of a lot of movements you know you think about we're really still in active conflict 19 years later but yeah, yeah it started in uh yeah iraq early on multiple times in iraq um obviously afghanistan africa so yeah man i hope everybody understands what you and your fellow uh rangers do for this country man because it's 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 awesome you know the service that y'all do and i just want to yeah. personally thank you well i i definitely appreciate that and i always tell everybody you know it's you know, whether you're combat arms, what we call that a high-density occupation in the military, or a low-density occupation, you know, think those that are in admin, medical, um, it, it's really one team. You know, we can't do, as a combat arms guy, you know, infantry, arm, or field artillery, we can't do what we do without those low-density occupations. Because when you look at the numbers, it takes four of those, you know, think medic, logistics, 
uh, communication to uh, support one, you know, infantryman on the ground or one combat arms guy. So wow. it really is a team of teams. And I always tell people, you got to think of that, you know, while we may be the face, you know, combat arms guys that are, you know, uh, you know, kicking in doors, you know, direct contact with the enemy. Um, it's those guys that are back there at the base that are keeping us, you know, logistically moving, you know, medically supported, keeping us able to, uh, to communicate, keeping vehicles going and, and aircraft going. You know, we can't do it without them. So right. um, we, we get all the, you know, the attention a lot of times in the combat arms. But uh, you always got to give a shout out to the brothers and sisters who are supporting us. You know, that, those combat support guys. So yeah. Heck yeah, man! Like, and you, man, you sent you got this list of medals, man, including like a Purple Heart medal, man. Tell us about some of these medals, man. It, it interests me, man. I I would like to know. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so I guess yeah, the, I think the one that most stands out to probably to most people is the Bronze Star uh, with Valor and uh, Purple Heart. So Bronze Star Valor, if you think Valor Awards, it's the fourth highest in the order of precedent the first one being you think medal of honor um distinguished service cross and you got the silver star and then bronze star with valor um, so i have four bronze stars uh, one with valor and that's uh that's going to be those are conflict medals so uh you, you think activities uh, against an armed combatant uh, that that uh you know meet that criteria for valor um so uh, those are put in and, you know, you get awarded, awarded that. Um, but I would tell you, there's just, there's really no, um, in a very dynamic environment like Iraq and Afghanistan, uh, sure. you know, there's, there's all types of opportunities where, you know, we take ordinary men and put them in these extraordinary circumstances and they're going to do extra, extraordinary things. And, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of how that's, you know, happens. So uh, I'm sure part, that was a mild way of explaining it too. Yeah. You know, you, you know, I, I look at it like this, you know, when I was, uh, you know, a company or a platoon leader, an infantry platoon leader, or even a company commander, you know, I have these, you know, 18 year old, 19 year old oh, you know, kids right out of school. Yeah. Kids. Right? And, uh, and I'm, I'm uh, you know, I got to take them into combat, and I expect them to, uh, you know, to function, uh, do their duties, and uh, do it at, uh, at a high standard. And it's, it's extremely tough. And uh, you know, of course, like in Spartan, you, you got to train to be good at a race. Well, combat's the same way. You need to do a lot of training uh, before you get to combat. So when you get to combat, hopefully, you know, you're just reacting to contact. You know, you're going back on those battle drills, and uh, yeah, you're and you're reacting. So, you know, it's, it's just amazing to see, you know, those young kids just grow up, you know, so quick, uh, yeah. you know, under fire. You, you got to. Um, I mean, I I know a lot of dumbass 18-year-olds, and hell, I was a dumbass 18-year-old, man. So I bet it was scary to you to, you know, have to put your life in somebody's hands like that, you know. I, I guess that's yeah. when it all relies on the training and everything. Yeah, no, it, it really is uh, definitely. Uh, training is uh, you know, a huge part of it. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, incredible. Um, oh, and then Purple Heart, of course, you know, we say, uh, you know, that's awarded, but I don't know necessarily if that's something you want to be awarded. So you yeah. have to be, uh, you know, injured uh, by enemy combatant in, in the conflict zone or the combat zone. So, uh, so yeah, my, that, that Purple Heart there was uh, received from Iraq uh, during an ambush with, uh, yeah, with the enemy. Downtown mm. Baghdad. Wow. That's crazy, man. What, like, man, what was the the craziest thing you ever saw while being deployed in these conflicts? Or wow. can you, or can you say? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, of course, I uh, wouldn't wouldn't 
reveal anything that's uh, you know uh, your secret or, or confidential. Uh, but yeah, it's crazy. I think we've all have seen you know movies. Uh, you know, there's been some great movies where it's World War Two, Vietnam, or the, you know our current right. uh, you know conflict, global war on terror. Um, I mean, there are so many crazy things that you, you know, that you see. Uh, whether it's uh, you know explosive devices inside of dead carcasses of animals, think wow. uh, donkeys, horses, dogs, and then you know uh, you know it's just a way to conceal that so they can you know obviously better improve their chance to attack uh, you know coalition forces, whether us or a partner force. Just to that yeah, shit is I, so yeah. underhanded too, man. Oh yeah. Um, and that's what we call a, you know, it's an insurgent fight. Um, you know, when you have a weaker force against a dominant force like the U.S. Yeah. and our allies, you got to resort to those type of tactics to try to, you know, level a playing field. Because it's not all about the physical aspect; it's the also the the psychological aspect that you can have on your your enemy. And that's and they're good at that. You know, you know, when you're walking the streets of uh, a neighborhood and you're you're always thinking that trash pile could that be an ID? Is that explosive? That has a psychological effect and that's hard to overcome and the enemy you know they're good at that when you're a you know small uh, element insurgent element uh, you can have be very powerful in the psychological war game of warfare wow man that's crazy dude yeah it's pretty wild so like cold like i don't know what you like what's your work schedule like is it like a nine to five man and you got the weekends yeah. off or yeah so you know it's kind of kind of put in perspective so you know initially in my career i like to say i you know i was you know i'm a ground pounder infantry ground you know just a knuckle dragger so i'm in the trenches you know you're with uh, you know soldiers you know with this let's talk the really tactical level you know my you know, especially as, as a as an officer in the military um you know you're out every day uh you're out whether you're at the range or you're working on you know maneuvering you know you really are tactics uh, as being a you know an infantry soldier as you move up the rank and you gain more rank you get further and further away from the tactical then you get into the strategic environment so if i could let's say let's take walmart for instance i think everybody knows walmart loves right. that right yeah so you think you're 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 your uh, knuckle draggers, right? Your, your worker bees are those that are stocking shelves. You know, those are the ones that's making the company. Without them, you know, it's nothing. Well, initially when I start out, you know, that's where I'm at. You know, with, with soldiers on the ground. You know, uh, you know, just being part of it, doing what we got to do. As you stay with the company, you move up. Let's just say to uh, you know a department manager. You know, say of the food section or you know the the the, uh, the clothes section. You stay in a little longer, you move into one of the branch or one of the store uh, managers. Um, you move up a little further, then you get to be a district you know, manager where you're traveling, and then you move further, and now you're to home office. The military is the same way. It is just a big just organization. It's a company. Um, and so now that I've made rank, I'm now at that strategic level, and unfortunately, I'm in an office. So I like to say that I've traded in my rifle for a damn keyboard. Uh, <laughs> that's been, it's been one of the hardest transitions, to, to be honest. Uh, so, yeah, so what does my hours look like for me? You know, I'm usually in by, you know, 6.30 in the morning um, and then, uh, you know, out sometime, you know, 4.30, 5 o'clock. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty much every day. And then 
And then, yeah, weekends are normally off. Of course, you know, weekend surge. If yeah. there's something going on, you may have to go on the weekends. and Or you may have to work a little later during the during the weekday. But, yeah, generally speaking, that's uh, 6.30 to, you know, 4.35. Well, that's cool. So you got plenty of time to train and everything then. Yeah, so, um, you know, it, it, normally like when you're in that, you know, operational or, you know, say like a, a, at a division level, um, I'm much more at the strategic level now to, at a um, – at SOCOM headquarters, but normally, you know, physical fitness in the military is, is, is standard is first thing in the morning, you know, group physical fitness training. Um, and you roll out, do that, knock it out first thing in the morning. Oh, wow. They, now, so y'all, you're still doing that every day then, huh? Not now because of the staff level. So we're in right. way too early. So it's straight work, you know, when you get in. So now, so straight to the much, keyboard, huh? So straight to the damn keyboard. <laughs> now, now it's about you managing your own time. So for me, it's about lunchtime. Um, I'm, throwing that into my battle rhythm and i'm getting my workouts at lunch and then you know i'll get that second one if, if it's a two a day uh when i get home in the evening right well that's pretty cool man so like you know you've been killing the ocr scene ever since you've started been doing it so man like what's your training like like what kind of mileage are you doing man yeah so we'll break it into you know strength so anaerobic and then aerobic running. So, um, so I one I guess first thing is I'm all about train with purpose. Um, so uh, that's important to me. Having a plan, uh, whether it's strength or running, and sticking to that plan. But of course, always being agile to adjust. So, what's running look like for me, based off my schedule? I run Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then my, for me, a long run is Saturday. Um, so that's my run. Uh, I'll layer that on their strength workouts. So think, um, you know, full body uh, type uh, functional strength, you know, OCR specific, almost like CrossFit. But, right. uh, you know, things. So I do that five days a week. So always Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So clearly you can see some days if it's a run day, Monday and uh, Friday, uh, there's going to be a two a day. So I need to get strength in there. So let's talk mileage so miles i'm all about quality uh, over quantity so i'm not putting in trash miles because you know hell, right you know how it is now we're, we're elites and it's all about trying to maximize and, and and give the body recovery time so miles at the point i am now in the season i'm not doing any more than 31 miles a week probably more like 27 as we get closer to you know the championship part of the season where we're running more beasts i'll yeah, i'll probably top out at, at 35 max miles a week that is it um yeah so that's and so right now yeah 27 28 miles a week again just quality miles so think you know tempo runs um uh you know rpe rate of perceived exertion so just being solid and being right smart about the smart about the miles so are you doing all the u.s uh series races I am. So last year I was only able to knock out two of them. And, uh, you know, the, of course the points were a little different. You had the point multipliers. And, Heck yeah, you know, man. I, that was, that was, I think that was a lot of people, some people liked it. Some people didn't. I think that was overrated way yeah. too much. I mean, yeah, it, so, it didn't make any sense for you to go after points unless you did all of those races. That's right. And, yeah. you know, this year it's different. There's no yep. points. In fact, I was just looking at the new results today. But um, so, yeah, I definitely want to do uh, all the U.S. series because this time hey, I, I want to lock it in. man. I want to, I want to, you know, hold that that delta for the U.S. series uh, leader. Man, I think my you're head this year. So definitely all the U.S. series. Yeah, for sure. Well, I know you waxed my ass 
and running this past weekend in Alabama. <laughs> oh, we talking about? I saw that on Sunday. You were, I think, uh, third or fourth overall, man. First in your age, man. You knocked it out. Now you're in, you're in the NBA. Yeah, but now. still, like, man, like behind you in the super, I you probably beat me by like five minutes or more. I'm sure you had to. <laughs> I don't know about that. It's a long season, though. Man. I think I hey, saw hey. you for like the first mile, and like the other seven and a half, I never saw you again. <laughs> well, I had a kind of, I had a strategy. I, you know, after this, I mean. Spartans just going to start adding elevation. Of course, Seattle is, right. is uh, still flat, but I knew I, I have two races to really showcase you know speed. Um, and that was you know last month in Jacksonville. This one here at Alabama, it's going to be flat. It's my wheelhouse. I needed just to make a statement. That was kind of the game plan to just to just to hammer it hard. And because uh, after this, you know, uh, it's 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 going to be elevation, and that's obviously something that I'm not very strong at living in over here and oh, about yeah. zero uh elevation in yeah. Tampa. so did, did you even have anybody on your heels you didn't this past weekend did you no I, not, no, not an age group no i tell you what I, I let me let me step back so you know dustin livingood you know you've had him on there uh, on oh yeah podcast. he's a beast he's not only is he a great athlete, he's just a, an awesome human being, man. He's just a fast man. little fucker is what he is. He <laughs> is fast. And, uh, so he was at, he, he went out leading, and uh, I was like, wow, he's, he's, he's hammering down quick from the start. And yeah, man. I was just back about 15 seconds. I was like, you know what? My goal was just to get after, after the spear. That's when I was going to turn it on because there was a lot just open running after that. So that was about oh, yeah. mile two. Well, um Leading into the spear, which is just at the two mile, he unfortunately missed his spear and I had a burpee. So after that, there was really nobody uh, behind me. However, there near the end, I think mile seven, I uh, I think, yeah, getting through beater. So we were grabbing sandbag and I saw him. He was able to uh, close that oh, gap. Man. He, was, and, he uh, was running fast. Oh, yeah, he was running fast. So I'm telling you, if he didn't have to do those burpees, it would have been – he and I would have battled it out on Saturday. So let me let me tell you, like, my version. So I come into the spear, and I make the spear, and I'm running out of the little – you know, just passing the burpee pit. Here comes Dustin. So that's how much faster within two miles Dustin got to the spear throw, missed his spear, did 30 burpees, and he got up, and he was running – a lot faster than I was, and I didn't have to do 30 burpees. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he, I was just, it was amazed. Yeah, yeah he stayed in the a, same hotel we did, so me, we hung out a lot over the weekend. Dustin's a good yeah, guy. I like him a lot. He is, man. He's a beast. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm super happy for him. He's having a good year. Yeah. And he had a great year last year, too. Yeah, he did. Um, so, I know, uh, like, when we was coming – through all that cut and through all that terrain, you know, it was really technical. You know, they said technical. Yep. It looked like they pretty much just run a bush, brush hog through it and then pulled tape through it for you to stay in between. Yes, that. Yeah, for real. Did you like that kind of running? Is that your forte? or? Um, you know, I, I tell you, the first thing I started thinking about running through there, I was like, man, I feel like I'm patrolling through, you know, on the military patrol doing some training because that's how thick that vegetation was. You know, we, we talk about the military when we're, you know, say just doing some, you know, training, you're breaking brush. You're basically a path that no one's gone through and you're having, you know, just fight your way through. And, and that terrain reminds me, it's tricky. There's trip hazards. I mean, 
every foot uh, could have been disaster, you know, just how, you know, technical it was with all the vines and the, and the you know, I mean, you, you know, um, just everything oh, crisscrossing yeah. the ground. So I don't, I'm not going to say I do like that on aspect. Uh, you increase a potential for injury. So yeah. it forces me to, you know, um, obviously shorten my stride just so, okay, you know, so I'm not going to you know, potentially or try to limit the possibility of a trip. But the other aspect I know if I'm having trouble, everyone else is having trouble. So it's a little bit of an equalizer. And I, I try to push a little harder thinking, you know, well, somebody else is going to be a little more risk averse and slow down. And maybe this is an opportunity to gain, you know, 15, 20 or 30 seconds, you know, on them. So not that I like it, uh, but uh, the aspect that I know it's, it's going to mess with, you know, everyone else is kind of cool yeah Yeah. i think it kind of benefited to me a little bit because i was passing people through it because i think they were kind of you know worried that they might get hurt or on their footing and everything and yeah i was just that was the only place i could make up time and it would be funny because i would pass somebody going through it and then we would come out and get into the open where you could get your pace back and people would pass me and then I'd pass them again in the woods. So it was kind of a yo-yo with some of the people yep. I was running with. That's a great thing about OCR is just all that, that dynamic environment. Yeah. Um, you know, where, you know, where a road race, let's say it's a five k or 10 k on the road, you know, halfway into that race, if you're going to win or not, you're not going to make up, you know, 10 seconds, 30 seconds on a guy that's in front of you because you're just, you're just not going to do it. But OCR comes down, it can come down to the last obstacle. Uh, you could be, you know, a minute, two minutes behind, and turn around and win uh, yeah. because just the, the dynamic environment of OCR. So, or they great. could have the spear throw at the very end of the race. Boom. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like they did in Chicago, you know, last year. You know, that mud fest uh, was right there at the end, right before the tire. Mm. Man, I hate it when they do that. I'd rather like because man, we were breathing fire on the sprint uh, oh, Sunday, yeah. and I was out in front when we come to the spear, man, and. I was breathing like super heavy, and I told myself if I don't make this spear, I'm gonna Cadillac in. <laughs> I wasn't oh, even yeah. gonna try it because man, everybody was running so fast in the sprint. I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't, you know, you weren't gonna have a good race if you failed an obstacle in the sprint. No, and and no, that's absolutely. just about gotten for any distance. If you fail an obstacle, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna knock you out of the race pretty much. Yeah, no doubt the competition. Um, just even the you know the short amount of time I've been you know kind of involved really in Spartan competition continues to get better and better. Oh, yeah. and people are getting better and more efficient uh, in the obstacles. And you're right, yeah. There nowadays to be in that top tier, it, it just has to be a good race. And I remember in 17 and 16, I I used a burpee spear all the time before I actually oh, made you know, made a spear. And uh, yeah, I still could hit the podium or be close, but not nowadays. It's uh, you just got to be super proficient. Yeah. Through, everything yeah you gotta have it you gotta have a solid run it's like man i if i wouldn't have had a uh a clean race and it was good that you know dustin run elite because i didn't have to battle with him because i probably there's no way i'd have been able to outdo him so <laughs> uh, well hell you held your own you were first overall uh therefore uh yeah quite a bit and, yeah uh, yeah there was some 20 something that blew my doors off but i didn't i I don't care about overall man i just care about my age group i can let y'all y'all can fight over that overall stuff (laughs) hey you're right there on sunday man you held that yeah that overall i think it's a cool yeah that's that's that drive that's bragging rights that's all that is yeah you know to be able to say you're overall you know with you know the 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 20 somethings and you know those young 30 somethings which you know you just graduated to the mbas right the hashtag mbas uh so 
congratulations to being on up there with the big dogs now. But, hey, uh, hey, I was really actually, cool. I mean, I'm not kidding you. I was coming into this season and thinking, man, I got to move up to, uh, you know, the 40 age bracket. And I'm thinking there's yeah. no way I can outrun any of these guys <laughs> unless they just all run elite or don't run on Sunday. <laughs> so I, I, right I, I was, I, I was really shocked. So it was, yeah. and that's going to drive cool. you to, it's going to drive you to be better and uh, whether it's in your training or at a race, knowing, you know, that competition's there. And, uh, and the other thing, like you said, Hey, um, you, you, you're proficient at obstacles, so you can easily, you know, beat out some of those who are less proficient and maybe, you know, have to burp you a spear or something and you'll fly right by and just like you did on Sunday, crushed it, man. Congrats. Yeah, I, I do. Thank you, man. I, ha- I had a good run. I felt good. And I don't know why, but for some reason, I always feel better on the second day than the first day. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, I, same way. I, and I, you know, I, I try to think about you know why that is. Maybe it's just uh, you know usually it's the super, it's the bigger race on 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 Saturday. So maybe that there's less pressure on Sunday. You know, you know it, it's all or nothing. You don't have to worry about running the next day. And, and uh, you know, I, yeah, I, I feel the same way sometimes. It might be uh, because I go eat like a horse after the race too. I don't. Yeah, know. that's true. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> same here. We all went to this um, this buffet. And it was called like the Barnyard Buffet or whatever. It was kind of, you know, I mean, it was a nice buffet. I mean, it had a bunch of stuff, but it wasn't like a lot of healthy choices. And so I was like, just, you know, screw it. You know, I just went after it. And when we got there, there was already a bunch of people there. And there was a bunch of elites there. And they were all sitting at the same table. And and Jason Floyd was at the end. And so me and my girlfriend, we sat down there. And uh, I want to say like Killian was there. And Kent was there. VJ was there. And Rebecca was there. And. Tyler and there was a bunch of people there and so I'd already ate dinner you know and I went up there to the dessert bar and man I'm a dessert fiend so I think yeah. I got like six or seven different desserts I mean I was getting pecan pie and like chocolate cake and <laughs> like apple cobbler and there was some cream cake and I walked back to the table and I got like two plates and they're all just staring at me like <laughs> I, I forget who said it, but somebody said, "Damn, we thought you were bringing dessert for all of us." <laughs> hey, that might be the trick. I mean, that's uh, those are those good sugars. You know, yeah, man. Uh, you used to burn on Sunday, so nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I told him I was like, if I got my diet in order, y'all wouldn't stand a chance. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You know, it's all about balance, though. You know, there's some people that are so uber to the left, you know, strict with, you know, what they eat. And to me, I want some balance. I want to be able to enjoy life. I want to be good and competitive, and, and but I also want to enjoy life. So, you know, uh, for me, you know, that balance is, that's, for me, a Sunday is an off day. I'm not freaking working out. I'm going to kick up. I'm going to be lazy. I'm going to yeah, watch man. TV shows. Um, that means Saturday night. It's my time to – that's my balance. So I'm going to eat what I want. If I want some beer, if I want to go out uh, to the bar, that's when I'm going to do it. Um, you know, because it's all about just – yeah, like I said, it's it's balance, keeping in perspective. Of course, it's not going to be for before big race week. But, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. It, and, and that I want to be able to enjoy it. I still want to, you know, you know, throughout the week I'm, I'm focused on training and work and, you know, I, you don't get to socialize. So that weekend, uh, yeah, that's, that's that time. And, and that balance is important. And, yeah, uh, man. My balance diet is a piece of cake in each hand. <laughs> 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 but no, man. So, uh, earlier you were talking about, you know, living, you know, in Florida and, and the, you know, 
not being used to elevation and all, but you've been in Tahoe for the past two years, man. Tell us what that was like going there and not being used to that elevation and running out there. Cause you did pretty good, didn't you? Yeah. You know, I, I think I did pretty good better. You know, my first year, which uh, Tahoe was 2017, of course, that's my first pool season. And that's when, when they used to have elite masters and I, you know, qualified for the elite heat. So I was really happy with, with, you know, that year racing and qualified. I did pretty good. Uh, I just moved to Florida actually from San Antonio, Texas stationed here, um, in 17. So, um, yeah, I felt pretty good, but I could tell uh, I didn't have the drive, uh, you know, up up the uh, you know up the incline into Tahoe, um, and I didn't train uh, probably appropriately um, to, to just to be successful. So my goal for eighteen, knowing that I was going back to Tahoe, was do some research. You know, the best thing we have now is uh, connectivity to the internet and and yes. social media. Man, all these OCR coaches. You know, you think. Uh, whether it's Yancey Camp, you know, you know Bracken, uh, you know, Leaderboard, Richard yeah. Diaz, Ian Hosek, all these people put all this great information out there to uh, you know to help you train. And uh, so I just kind of built a training plan for 18 to assist. And really, it started before that for Utah and West Virginia. And uh, yeah, I just used you know the you know what's available for me here. There's two things humidity and <laughs> i got lots of stairs and treadmills that i can uh, you know start building in on um, elevation training and uh, yeah it was super successful did great in uh, 18 um i think i was 21st in the elite masters uh in 17 and of course 10th in age group and i think 33rd overall uh in 2018 right. man is tahoe worth the trip out there dude I mean, I'm Man. throwing around the idea about going, but it's kind of an expensive trip. It is expensive. I Especially for me, us being way over here. Yeah, no, I think it is. I definitely think it's worth it. One, it's a it's a culmination point for every, all the hard work that you've done for the year. It's a really a great atmosphere, um, especially this year. They're going to change it up, and now the championship, those who qualify, have their own day, um, yeah. which I'm still – I'm still quite not sure, you know, how that's going to work. You know, it's on Sunday as opposed to Saturday, but um, no, it is. It's a super great environment. You're with, you know, interacting with just all kinds of people globally, um, and just knowing, you know, the hard work that you put in. Now, every, you know, the best of the best are there, and they're there to race, and you can really see how you, uh, you know, you shape that shake out. Now, of course, I still think it caters to those who live in the environment of mountains because the world championships right now you know are always in the mountains so we over here i think um and it's no excuse it's just it's just going to be a little harder unless we have the ability to train elevation but you know like i said there there are ways to do it but no it it really is um it's a huge test and middle grind i mean now the two years back to back you know the three miles straight to the top you know, straight elevation to get to the top three miles is just, uh, you, you get into that pain cave early and you start riding that wave, that mental wave, you know? Um, so no, it is, it, it really is a super cool environment. Um, yeah, and I, I, th- I do think it's worth it, especially if you can, you know, maybe tie it into another trip, but, uh, yeah, no, it's worth it. Hmm. And there's some ways to mitigate the cost, like planning super early. So I bought all my tickets, reserved my hotels already months ago, even before I knew I was going to go, I just made sure right. The hotel is refundable. I can cancel, you know, four days, four or five days out without a fee. Um, same way with flights. And so, I what city are you flying out. into? Uh, to um, oh, 
what is it? Reno. Reno. And it's about, yeah, Reno. That's the best one. I use Southwest uh, because if I can't go, you can, you can cancel a flight and use those funds up to t- uh, 12 months. Oh, wow. That's so cool. They, yeah. So I try to fly always Southwest in case something happens. Um, then I can use those funds if I have to cancel a flight for up to 12 months. So yeah, Reno, 45, 50 minute ride into Tahoe. And uh, yeah, right there. Oh, jam up. Are you going to uh, like pre-run the race and kind of just dork around, check it out on that Saturday? Yeah, I'm, I think I'm actually this year, I'm going to come in early and try to get climatized a little better. I know it, it's going to take more than, you know, probably four days, four or five days, but yeah. um, I want to go a little early and just probably just hike a little bit just to get, uh, you know, my body Used more to climatized the to that. Yeah, the altitude, um, you know, the air. Um, and I think mentally, that's going to be better for me. And, you know, right. we know, ath- so you won't you know be worrying athleticism about is, yeah, is, is, is a mental thing. So, um, yeah, because I felt pretty strong. I just didn't feel like I had the gears. I had a clean race last year, but I just didn't – I couldn't reach the gears to, to gain speed. And then you got, you know, guys like Les Cohen out there and, and uh, man, who else? Uh, Ireland, Jeff Boomhauer, those guys yeah. just, just crushing it. Yeah those hills so could you really tell just this huge amount of just like pressure and like breathing at that elevation like they say you can is it like a big difference or so you know being you know i've been you know whether deployed in afghanistan to you know uh different places in elevation to you know different places in europe so i i kind of can feel a little bit of you know physiological effects on the body oh utah in fact so i didn't i don't think it was as bad now the first i think i got there a couple of days early and i went on a small jog uh, on another mountain range and i could tell it's, it is a little harder to breathe um but i don't think it's that that serious you know right. if i could into percentages you know i don't know maybe 20 30 percent harder but again I did train in high humidity all year to, to really counteract and lessen those effects of, of uh, elevation because poor man's elevation training is elevation in high humidity, and I have plenty of that uh, here in yeah. Tampa. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. We get a lot of high humidity in South Georgia in the summer. But. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like I said, I used to be stationed there at Fort Benning there at Columbus and oh, also yeah. Fort Stewart, so Georgia used to be a – uh, home for me for many years. Yeah, man, that was a bummer when they didn't bring the uh, Fort Benning race back this year. I'm so surprised because it usually is part of the best ranger competition. And, uh, yeah, I was shocked to see that uh, not go back. Not sure what happened. I mean, and it was like, uh, it was a pretty uninteresting race. I mean, flat as a board, and yeah. they pretty much kind of used the same pattern the last three years in a row. <laughs> I yeah, mean, it was no, pretty really close is. to the same. They just moved the obstacles around, but... It was yeah. just a cool race to go to, man, and just, you know, having a military sprint that close to home was cool. Oh, yeah, makes it easy. So, um, man, and you've done this, I know you've done it once, but you've gone out early and run elite, and then you'll jump in your age group and run an age group on the on the same race the same time i know in central florida you did that and you podiumed in both races that's correct yeah that was that was a plan i had probably middle of the year and little bruce jackson yeah you know he's uh in our our age group Uh, well technically now our age groups are split so he's in yours right um you you had him on and uh he and i had talked about that and i'd already been planning how i want to do that and one 
so my decision making process was it's December, it's the last race of the year, so hey, you know, let's 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 do it. Two, to my backyard. I'm gonna have people from work there. <laughs> you know, so that's kind of cool to, you know, go out there and show off with that and uh, you know, represent uh, you know, the command. And then three, I knew it's gonna be flat. Right. And that is gonna be my best opportunity to, to get at least a little recovery in before I had to jump into the age group because you know, I had about six, seven minute window after elite to get into the age group and start the age group. So yeah, that was a lot of planning there. I had some help, uh, you know, with the, you know, quick change of bibs and, uh, some nutrition and, and armbands and timing chip. Uh, so yeah, th- th- definitely there was a, a plan, uh, to do that in December. Uh, yeah, that's central Florida. That was, uh, yeah. And definitely one of my most favorite, uh, races because then you know oh yeah that was triple, awesome triple triple podium weekend uh was was pretty cool yeah and, i think and, you finished you know, like right behind me <laughs> on your second lap so yeah, it, in the uh in the logistics for that what did you do you registered for elite online and then when you got there that morning you went to race day sign up and signed up at the race that morning before you started the races so when i first tried it months before because you know like you i have a, a race pass and i had the elite pass so you right. can always race down you can't race well elite is all there is so yeah i went ahead and signed up for elite with my race pass and then i tried to sign up with age group and it said it wouldn't have let me and i emailed spartan it's like yeah you can't use your you know your pass for more than one race on a day so yeah okay that makes sense um for the elite or age group you know for multi and they open oh. you can so I was like, okay, so there's got to be a way around this. So, you, you know, you started seeing last year and this year, those uh, exit tent uh, deals, specials, yeah. if you will. Right. And I it was uh, Atlanta, I think it was. Yeah, I saw you down there at Atlanta. Um, yep. I, I saw that they had like for $49. Said, oh, that's perfect. Let me just get one of these and I'll use that and uh, apply. And so that night I went home and uh, yeah, applied that code and that. Uh, you know that race sale uh, to it and so I was booked and it was and Bruce and I were actually talking during that time because he had did it in, in Atlanta unfortunately he was uh, DQ'd or I think he had got yeah, he didn't get in the time. age group he didn't make heat the time. quick yeah. enough and we had talked about it about a week or two before um, how to do it and we were you know logistically talking about that piece and so I guess that's how he did it as well or he maybe he went that morning up but for me I just used that weekend the race pass uh, sale there at the exit tent and applied that so that's how that's how it worked out oh that's cool see because I was thinking what you probably did is you signed up elite and then you did like a like a race day registration before that, but well, you're saying they won't let you pay. You can't use your pass for an elite and an age group on the correct. same day. Huh? Correct. I did not know that. I was afraid. That. And I, my, my, my fear was because I knew it was really the last race of the year. Well, I think there was one in California at the same time that right. day, but it was going to be full because age group was filling up quick. And I didn't want to arrive, you know, Sunday do a race day and it was full and couldn't get in. So, yeah. So, thought the other my other plan was just go ahead and buy one of those uh, uh exit tent races and then apply that as early as possible so i could get in that race because i was actually kind of thinking about doing it because like we could have easily done that uh sunday easily easily yeah, easily because that was such a short and fast course but you know yeah. i'd hate to try to do it and then miss the time and then you'd just be screwed yeah mm-hmm. and i'll tell you i got super lucky on on that race uh, on sunday you know the weather just dropped, 
you know, the bottom dropped out. On yeah, Sunday it rained the whole race. Yeah, and it was cold. Yeah, and that's when I was like, because you know, you had some. There were some beasts there. You had uh, Isaiah Badal, you know, Mac Rush. Yeah, <laughs> Derek York, who's you know, he's a, an ex triathlete pro. He took first uh, on that, and so I was like, oh man, these guys are just gonna crush me. And then what happened? I mean, there's a lot of people who normally don't fail obstacles. They failed the fear. I remember seeing it. So that helped me out. I, you know, and uh, so what I thought was going to be, a, you know, not a good opportunity to do this, uh, you know, what I had planned ended up being perfect. The weather helped me out, but uh, so that was cool to be able to battle with, uh, you know, shoot a guy that I looked up to for a long time, Isaiah Madalex, he's a beast, yeah. and you know, for us battle back and forth for a, a second, third place. That shit, that shit was fun and it felt good too, didn't it? Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was amazing, super amazing, and blessed. And then you jumped in the age group heat and. You were chasing. You were chasing Bruce for a long time, and, and then Daniel, yeah, yeah, Bruce and Daniel. So I was sitting in third. This is pretty interesting, and, and you know, you learn so much with Spartan. You know, I, I talk about riding the wave. At one point, yeah, they took off, and I was like, you know what? After about I, I probably even mile, mile and a half before we got to the um, Atlas Stone, yeah, that was right about mile and a half. Yeah, because that's like, when you know the what? gauntlet I, started. Was right there yeah. when you got to the Atlas, and it was fast. As hell until you got there. Oh yeah, and I was and I was struggling. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna be okay with third place. Uh, and I you start <laughs> negotiating with yourself, you know, mentally. And you know, that's what we call about riding that wave. And I just had to tell myself, no, just just keep them in your sights, and uh, I will recover eventually. And yeah, I was just telling myself, you know what? Okay, it's not gonna be a first. It's gonna be a third. But hey, I'm I'm in a double podium here. And uh, you know, luckily I, I was able to push. Uh, was able to slide by Daniel. And then it was just me and Bruce. Bruce was in front of me. And he failed, twist or slipped yeah, off. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and uh, I saw that. I was like, oh, okay, that's it. And so I had to pretty much uh, hammer down there. And, uh, yeah, held off for the one overall on uh, age group that day. Yeah. And this is what's so funny about that is because they had an open house at that race. And who do you think was the SGX coach that was telling you how to do Twister? <laughs> Oh, that's ironic. It was our main man, Bruce. Bruce, Bruce. Yeah, I, I, yeah. He normally, I think, uh, <laughs> he even mentioned it. He normally, I think, he was trying to cut some time and did a jump uh, forward to get further on it, and he just, he just slipped right off. Oh, uh, and me man. and him, we talked about doing that, and because me and him can both do it, you can jump to like the fifth handle and then spin around, oh, really? or even go forward all the way to the truss and then spin around yeah. and finish out backwards. Because we was practicing it at the open house and. I straight up told him, I was like, man, I just don't have the balls to try it during a race. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I just thought that was, I picked on him about it after the race, him being <laughs> the teacher, and then he fails it during a race. We love <laughs> you, Bruce. Good. I love Bruce yeah, Jackson. Oh, yeah. He's, he's a dominant factor in this age group, for sure. He's an NBA. Oh, my God. He's super fast, too, man. Yeah, he is. That's yeah, like oh, when we was running the sprint in Jacksonville, you know, Bruce was there. And Kevin Donahue was there, and I was like, yes. there's there's no way, you know. So <laughs> I ended up yeah, failing two there anyways. And oh, man. Jacksonville was a cool race, too. It was fast. Yeah, I like that. It was fast. I like that. And, I, you know, and it, it was technical with just the mud. I mean, oh, it was yeah. a lot of mud. Man, and that's a, that can neutralize the, the fields. You know? So, yeah. And what race did you like better? Did you like Alabama better, or did you like Jacksonville better? Yeah, I'm kind of split. Um, so I, I like that obstacle layout more in Alabama because it was spread out where in Jacksonville, um, I knew it. I, 
you know, the, it was gauntlet heavy the first, I don't remember how many, you know, yeah. two, three miles. And so I just really held back until after that. And then, then I, it was just running. So yeah, I'm kind of mixed. I, they both have their place. The mud I do like just because, uh, you know, some people just aren't good on, uh, you know, all that extra resistance running yeah. through the mud. And, uh, I, I feel like I, I can power, you know, through mud pretty well. It's, uh, a, a, uh, yeah, positive there. So yeah, you know, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. I think they both had their place. Um, it, there's obviously a little more pain in the Jacksonville one or the oh, Alabama yeah. one because you're just straight out running fast and hard, and there was just nothing to slow you down. So you were really redlining. It felt like uh, for a long time. But uh, didn't you get first yeah. place both days there too? I did overall on both. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think every race uh, in 19 I've been overall, um, except for one, and that was day two in Arizona. Uh, a young, young man, uh, you'll be seeing his name, guarantee his name is uh, Lucas Johnstone. He's like 17. Oh, Got wow. Like six, six seconds overall. Um, in arizona uh i had him on the sprint but he got me on the super by six of course i didn't even know um he's on the west coast he's a walk from washington a young man i I look out for this guy he's he's, he gets coached right he's going to be just straight crushing uh, more so than what he is lucas johnstone pretty cool huh that's interesting yeah be looking for him and uh yeah uh, but at 17 i don't think you have to worry about him because he won't be able to afford to go to all the races and everything no no, you're right (laughs) And that's why he's only racing on the West Coast. But uh, it's yeah. interesting. I'll see him at Big Bear. He'll be at Seattle. But, uh, you know, because we talk about that overall. And, and for me, that's, uh, that's. I mean, obviously there's lots of competition, but uh, keeping him in my sights too. Because, uh, yeah, did you run Big Bear last year? I did. It conflicted with something. Uh, but I was watching closely. Man, that looked like coverage. a crazy race. Man, the, yeah, that thing. Uh, yeah. Um, you look at the times. They're an hour longer than Tahoe was for the same yeah. mileage. You know? And I was like, wow, that looks like a supper fest. Um, I mean, they were on all fours on some of those inclines. Yeah. It no, looked yeah, insane. I, I expect to be going through some uh, significant emotional events through that race. Yeah. So, I would definitely. love to make it out there to do that one. That one looks super cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited just uh, just kind of see what that test is going to be like. Everybody talks about it, so, yeah, I want to experience that. Yeah. Well, hey, Cole, man, I always got a bunch of questions I always ask everybody. So, um, and I just added some new ones. So, uh, cool. what is your 5K PR and your 10K PR? Yeah, so while I haven't just done a Stripe 5K, you know, your Garmin watch, you know, we all love visual acuities. I was, yeah. I had a, a race in November, The um, this last November was a, a five-miler um, turkey trot, and it keyed up on my watch, hey, you got a new PR record, and it was for the 5K, which it pulls it in, was uh, 18.05. Damn. 18.05. Yeah, my five mile, which my PR was twenty nine thirty six. So that Whoa. was, uh, yeah, that was a good race for me. I'm doing yeah, good so to get a four miler and that. <laughs> super blessed, man. Yeah, so eighteen oh five for the five k. Um, ten k was uh, Tampa had the hot chocolate, hot chocolate uh, run last December. So yeah. I don't know how many months ago? Fourteen months ago, and. Uh, yeah, that came out should be a thirty nine forty eight. I have here thirty nine forty eight for that. That's fast, bro. It is, man. It's blessed. And not too many years left to be uh, able to run that fast. I'm sure. That's why I never see you after the race starts. <laughs> for sure, oh, man. You're right there, man. Always. Don't even try. Jeez. All right, dude. So, what 
to this point, and it can be any race, man, what has been the best race that you've ever had, the race you enjoyed the most, and, and why? Um, yeah, we, we've really actually talked about it. I would say, because we kind of talked about Tahoe 17 was probably one of my, my favorite um, up until Central Florida, uh, the devil. Oh, oh really? Yeah, Man, that was pretty but awesome. I would say, yeah, I say Tahoe just because, get, you know, first full year qualifying for elites uh, to go to that race and that, you know, running through Olympic Village with all the nation's flags, you know, I bet that was flapping cool. in the wind. Yeah, cobblestone road, you know, knocking out those obstacle gauntlets right through the middle of all the shops and everybody, you know, drinking a beer and eating, you know, you know right around you. And, and uh, that was it just felt like a true, uh, you know, championship event. Um, so I'll always remember that. Um, but but after that Central Florida and you know getting a, uh, a hat trick podium weekend, yeah, uh, man, that was cool. Yeah, I wonder if that, anybody, I wrong. wonder if anybody else did that last season. I wonder if I you were the I mean, only I've person looked, that come up with that and pulled it off. I, yeah, I've looked at results. I haven't seen anybody who's actually uh, double podiumed on double day podium. I haven't seen any anybody. Man, you ought know? to like reach out to Spartan when they ask about stories and stuff like that because that was that's pretty awesome man that you were able to pull that off uh, yeah because we had to like go out and sit in our cars and wait for that monsoon to come oh, through yeah. before we could get the the podiums done for yeah, like age that, group that day yeah and that was horrible and i and i told myself normally i would have just rolled out because you, you, well you didn't know when uh, they were going to open the venue back up but i was yeah. like no i am staying right here that was until me they actually announced and said nope uh, you know we're closed i said i'm not leaving man i gotta be there for that that was me i pulled off a hard first place i i mean i just passed first place at olympus when we come off of olympus he uh yeah. i think the guy I was running against he was having problems because it was wet because it was raining yeah and he he exerted a lot of energy there and I could tell when he got off the wall, he was running slower than we went into it. So I just surged ahead of him, even though I was tired as hell, but I just wanted to make an impression. And then when we got in that little wooded area, I slowed down a little bit <laughs> just to yeah, get in his head. Coming across, you yeah. Were, uh, yeah, you were spit coming across. You were going all out. Yeah, but those other two guys, they didn't even hang around. So I had to get on the podium by myself, but it was okay. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so... What has been like the race you hated the most? It was in your worst race, and, and why? Oh my gosh, that that is easy, hands down. Last year, the New Jer Jersey Tri-State Super at Mount Creek uh, there in mm. September. So I was running the elite, trying to. That was the one that had the cold, rain, and weather, right? The nor'easter came through. Yeah. Ugh. So uh, that Saturday was the uh, part of the mountain series. I was running elite, trying to bump up my elite points, and. Uh, yeah, here's the deal. One, you're right. It was high wind, uh, rain. The temperatures are hovering right at the freezing point. Um, later on, they end up closing the dunk wall after we went through. But um, you know, you're wow. up in the mountains, and uh, yeah, it was damn near right at that freezing point. So, but here was the problem. And the great thing about races like that, um, the takeaways, the lessons learned, and, and so for me, when I was super cold, um, I 
didn't have the right gear, lesson learned, because I'd been in either high winds or I'd been in rainy temperatures, but not rainy, cold, all of that mixed together. And I just didn't have the right gear. And I know you're talking to, to mm-hmm. the guy last week about the, those new mitts he has, on, I think, all train or, yeah. they, or bleg mitts. So, you know, now I have a pair specifically because of that race, because the gloves I had had felt inside and they're really for wind. And mm. after mile one, they were soaked and useless. So they're then back in my pants and my fingers were frozen pretty much from mile uh, I slipped off my, the only thing I failed was in fact, uh, the Z wall. Uh, I couldn't feel my fingers and oh, slipped right into it. And that was like a mile one and a half or two, you know, out of eight mile race. So I straight up went to survival mode Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was soaking wet and cold. Uh, I remember, I'll never forget, uh, face thinning. I was coming back down the mountain near the end about, you know, near really the last gauntlet and she, it's one mile left, and she was like, are you guys cold? I mean, she was shivering. If you ever saw any of the videos, I mean, she was really close to that hypothermic. And uh, wow. it, it was all of us sitting there saying, yes, we are struggling. You're doing good. Keep crushing it. You know, just try to get her out of that that uh, mental pancake because we were all the same. And just try to motivate her as she, you know, continued to bomb down, and uh, she had a good finish there. But, yeah, definitely the worst one. I've never been so cold and close to – DQing. Um, Man, I probably would have tapped again, out. If I'd have went to a race like that and not run, wore the right gear, I yeah. would have probably tapped out myself. There's There was quite a few people tapping out. You know, we hear about the Tahoe one and everyone um, getting DQ'd to hypothermia and a lot of people just because it had so much visibility. But Mount Creek was the same way. Quite a few great athletes in that elite heat uh, yeah, had a tap because of uh, hypothermia. So, um, yeah, I was – that crushed me. Um, my soul and everything, every step hurts. And I was just telling myself, Hey, here, here it is. Just get to that next mile. You know, so small little victory. That's what I would tell myself. Okay. This is mile two. Let me see mile three, you know, get to mile three, mile four, one step in a row to just keep moving forward. And, uh, that's what I told myself. And, uh, yeah, until I got to the end and man, I was shivering probably all the way. Cause I flew straight to Atlanta. I saw you in Atlanta. Then yeah, I ran the super next day. down there in Atlanta. Yeah. And, uh, even though it was a cold start there, I don't know, it was like 45 degrees. That yeah. felt like summer to me. Um, but yeah, was, it wasn't bad once you got started no, going. It wasn't yeah. bad at all. It was so about like this weekend. Cream. This weekend was cold yeah. when you were standing around, but once you started running, you were fine. Absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. So definitely that's the worst. Uh, it'll be the most memorable, but uh, I'm ready next time. Probably Seattle, I'm sure we'll need. Um, it's going to be rainy and cold, so I'll be ready yeah. for that. That race is always raining and cold, yeah, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I've never been there, but it just seems like every year they have yeah. it there. It's always cold yeah. and raining or raining. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. So what's like your race ritual? What what is Cole doing Friday night to prepare? What is he doing the morning before the race? And what is he doing after the race if he's going to run Sunday? Yeah. So if I could break, yeah. So that's yeah. I'm, I'm pretty regimented. So you know, if we could bend it in two different bins, you know. It's pre-race rituals or workouts and then nutrition slash hydration. So we'll start workouts. And for me, pre-race is going to start that Saturday before that race. And uh, so we're talking, you know, and then leading up to it. So while my intensity and my workouts will stay high, I'm just going to cut them shorter. So runs same intensity just less miles so it's monday's a six miler um i'm gonna run five instead or if my strength workouts um i'm not gonna do like you know uh heavy front squats or squat thrusters or hang power cleans real grip intensive um, but i'll do more body weight you know pull-ups push-ups you know box jumps kettlebells with lower reps but keep it going so still keep the intensity um just lowering how much you know the reps and weight um and then 
uh, that will go all the way into, you know, obviously that, that Saturday race day. Now, nutrition, hydration, uh, for me, you know, obviously, I think we all realize that water is the most important thing that we can do. You know, that's liquid energy right there. And most people wait too close to a race to fully hydrate. For me, I'm ensuring I'm fully hydrated well before um, because that's also going to help the nutrition and, you know, yep. uh, for electrolytes and carbs to be fully uh uh, pulled out of the digestive tract. So um, Wednesday for me, I'm carb loading. I switch a lot my diet and get those glycogen stories high. Uh, you know, if you ever heard of Matt Mossman on um, yes. the early, you know, the 60 second brain bombs, he'll yeah. tell you, you know, it needs to start Wednesday before endurance event, get those, you know, carbs high. So yeah, I, I take that heart carb up high and good carbs. And uh, coming into uh, Friday, always Friday before I fly or Thursday, some spear practice, you know, get, uh, just get a little spear throw in. Yes. Um, got to do that. Um, Friday's going to be, uh, high hydration again, you know, getting a lot of good electrolytes in, you know, noon tabs, whatever, the, you know, whatever is uh, your poison. Um, and, uh, a good carb dinner. Um, yeah, you know, pastas or you know, like potatoes, you know, just, uh, a good carb dinner before the race. So that's, uh, that's pre-race ritual. Um, I never sleep very much anyway, so you know, whether it's, yeah, because I, a lot of times I'm traveling and I travel after work, so I don't even get to a hotel sometimes till 12 or 1 in the morning and wow. back up at 5. Yeah, so, uh, but that is what it is. Uh, and there's ways to mitigate that through hydration. Plus, it don't food, affect you much. No, and I'm used to, like we <laughs> talked earlier, you know, sleep deprivation is, you know, you, I, I've kind of gotten to that, that habit and that role, so it's not too difficult to manage. Um, race day. Uh, just again, through self-study and reading, um, if it's a super or a beast, I'm going to have some, some good carbs, you know, oatmeal, you know, apple, like get that glycogen stores up, uh, good heights and those are good sugars, right. a bit of peanut butter and more hydration. I'll eat two to two and a half hours before the race. Um, and, uh, yeah. And of course throwing in, uh, an alt red uh, before that race. That's, uh, that's free race um and if it's a sprint i'll take out the oatmeal i don't need that oatmeal don't need that uh, that extra carbs right so just that you know banana apple if you will um and, and a little bit of peanut butter two and a half hours before the race so that's pre-race uh race or that's race day i guess you say um post or now at the end of the race best thing we can do is begin that recovery process of some good protein, you know, within that two hour mark, you know, used to, we would get those at the finish line, a cliff bar, man, some protein. Yep. You don't get those anymore. Now so we get the Kashi bars. I know, man. So, uh, <laughs> so I bring protein with me and, uh, started slamming electrolytes, uh, uh, slamming protein early, uh, while I'm there at the venue. Then I can go grab my beer for the carbs. And, uh, and then that night, man, like I'll go crush on full pizza or a big, big uh, bowl of spaghetti. And, Hell uh, yeah, like, that's what I'm talking about. A full man, pizza. That's that's my that's my jam. Oh, I'll, yeah, I'll kill it like a margarita pizza. Um, yeah, or uh, you know, guess then I, I then the sweets kick in. I was like, hey, now I just deserve you know chocolate chip <laughs> cookies or some, you know a brownie or something, and uh, you know crush all over that. And then uh, yeah. and to continue to hydrate, right? Um, stay good and hydrated all you know, Saturday night and to that race on Sunday and do it all over on Sunday. And, uh, I think also getting a good warm up is key, you know, getting loose, getting the blood flowing yep. you know, before the race on Sunday is always important. But I uh, feel like I warmed yeah. up a little better for these two races than I did at Jacksonville. And I think it helped too. So I'm trying to do that a little bit more too. 
Yeah, it, it does make a difference. Yeah, like dynamic warmups. I know last guy was talking about that. That's we, you know, we do that in the military for all type of uh, training events or athletic events. It's yeah, it's incredibly important and it's usually overlooked. It's much better than static stretching. That's that's dangerous when you're when you're cold. So dynamic warmups is definitely the way to go. Right, and I heard you mention that Alt Red uh, earlier, and isn't that like one of your sponsors or your brand ambassador for us? Why don't you tell us about your sponsors, man? Yeah, so Alt Red is great. So uh, there's only I think in OCR, uh, Nicole Miracle is the real um, in OCR. I think the only official pro team. So they've been around a while, and so with uh, like Ironman endurance right. sports, yeah, Ironman, yeah, absolutely. So their official B performance supplement for Ironman, the champion uh, Andy Potts. So you know what is it? And and, and so I'm a brand ambassador and it's a very small community and it's a high selection rate and there's actually a few uh you know ocr athletes that that they've pulled in which is super cool and i'm pretty pleased so what is it simply enough it's we all know the power of beats and and what it can do but what they do um they're pulling the beetlings out so what is the beetling beetling is nothing more than what gives beats its high red color and so Alt Red has come up with a way to uh, to process and isolate those betaline concentrates. Right? right? It's basically it's a plant based, uh, all natural, um, yeah, uh, photonutrient. And so it does three main things: it, it improves oxygen delivery, mitigates lactic acid, and protects muscles from damage. Simple as that. It's a small little capsule. You know, a lot of people say, hey, I, you know, I'm, I'm taking that and I don't feel nothing. Well, that's not the intent. It's not you're not going to feel it. It's not like a pre-workout. This is an right. endurance supplement that gets in your system that helps those you know three areas. Um, there's been a lot of studies, uh, u- university studies. It's been field tested with endurance athletes. And I tell you, I started taking before Utah and I, I, I can feel a difference. I, I tell you, I know. I'm sure we're not recording, so I'm going to tell you that's my secret sauce. So, right. uh, so <laughs> cut cut that out so no one else, all our competitors, know. Gotcha. <laughs> but yeah, Alt Red. Uh, no, I'm just joking. No, so Alt Red. Yeah, definitely love it. Smaller capsule. And you look how Nicole Miracle's just been crushing it. Yes, I think she, she won by six minutes in Jacksonville. That was insane. Uh, second first. Yeah. And like I told her there, I said, that's that old red talking right there. If anybody uh, you want to see a proven data point, there you go. Right in the cold miracle. So huh, I'm gonna have um, to check yeah, that out. now do you it's have to load great. that? Like take it every no. day? No. So um, it'll say when you look at the, and, and um, the instructions, Hey, on an off day, go ahead and take it. But no, you do not have to load at all. Just the key is to take it. If it's an event or a endurance event, um, that is going to be two hours or less. You want to take it one to two hours before that event because that's how long it takes actually to, uh, you know, fully get into the body and and uh, get into you know your body for those effects. Now it'll last for about up to two hours. So for like um, large endurance events like Ironman, you know they're going to take that two hours before and then they're going to take it like every two hours right. while in the race. Um, so. If it's a longer race, two hours or more, then you're going to take that one to two hours before the event, and then you're going to take one at go time, so right before the start, because you still want to maintain in your system, you know, if it's, say, like a beast run, like in the mountains, where it's going to be an over two-hour race, or like Big Bear or Tahoe, and, um, then, then you'll take two. But no, you 
go into your question, you do not have to load. And that's the great thing about because the effects are there. It's it's a it's a photonutrient that is, uh, you know, the power, you know, of, of the beetlings. And, yep, don't have to preload, which is pretty cool. That's cool, man. I'll have to check it out. I talked to Bill Brumbuck a little bit about it when yeah, we was yep, at uh, Jacksonville. Yeah, he's, he's, he's also a brand ambassador. It's one of those uh, in the OSR, which is great to have. But, you know, I, I, I tell everybody, you know, don't take my words for it. You know, go to the website, you know, look at the data there. And then if, you, if you're interested, hey, all you got to do is go to my Instagram page and uh, get your 15% off using my code. Man. Too easy. Cool. I'll definitely check that out because I'm cheap ass. So uh, and, it, and anything that's going to provide us an advantage, hey, why not? You know? Why not? I mean, it's not going to it's not going to hurt you. Um, it can only help. So that's the cool thing about it. Yeah. Cool, man. So, what other sponsors you got? Oh yeah. Um. So I'm really pumped to be uh, obviously with Caterpie and then um, Caterpie laces as well as. Um, grit army uh, compression socks we'll talk caterpie i think you just had mac uh, yeah he was telling us about those yeah and isaiah are both the, the pro, they're actually pro um on the pro team and then there's a variety of us uh, that are on the um a small group of us that are part of the brand of so caterpie by now everybody knows them but i highly recommend i really love those uh, laces i got them last year january or february in uh, miami i saw them and uh huge fan i have them in every shoes i even have them in my my kicks when i'm wearing it in my uh with my <laughs> jeans and you know what's great you know kids hate to tie their laces right and slap some caterpies in there now they don't have to tie them anymore because they will hold you know obviously uh your shoes and, and where they need to be and, and uh tightness and snugness so caterpie um it's part of them super proud to be with that company they're That's doing great stuff um, the next one is Grit Army Compression Socks. Uh, you've probably seen Bruce wearing them. Mac Rush is wearing them. Um, I'm wearing them. So it, he's a really cool dude. Micah is a small – he's OCR, him and his kids. Um, small company here in Florida. And uh, looking at compression socks, and, uh, you know, we know Mudgear really dominates the field. Of compre- and now, uh, of course, darn tough. And, uh, you know, they reached out to me and uh, said, hey, would you like to try these? And I said, yeah, you know, I'm – I'm always down to support, especially young, thriving companies. And yeah. I really local. love their socks. And so he pulled me on to his ambassador team. Um, yeah, local. But I will tell you, it's it's the material. It's the um, the padding in the like in the heel and the toe. And I, I find that it's they're more durable than my mud gear. My mud gear, I'd run a hole in the heels. And I love mud me gear. Me too. Talking, I'm not talking junk about mud gear. I love them. Um, I tried to. I mean, they're a great product. Well. But, they I mean, it's everybody's different the way yeah. they wear and tear right. socks. Like So, my heels, I noticed, were wearing through quick. Mine too. And, and I met Micah there in Grit Army. He said, hey, try these out. Let me know what you think. And I was honest. And uh, I would wear them all day after a race, uh, you know, wet to see if I could wear through because I thought that's what's happened in Mudgear. And these are just super durable. And uh, and so, yeah, Grit Army compression socks, uh, you know, right, the red and black is just a new company, but it's just good material. He's on Amazon. Uh, oh, that's cool. where he buys them from. Yeah, it's it's just – and he's a really great guy, uh, good family man. And, uh, yeah, so up and coming. And so – 
definitely a great army. So the next one's FNX Fitness. So, you know, I, they're, you know, they've opened that up and they, I think everybody's familiar with that. Yeah, brand. I've seen a, um, a lot of people show And then corporate-wise, my actual real sponsor is Kona Ice. Uh, and if you were there, obviously you were there, but uh, you'll see that truck, Shaved Ice, yes, was there I saw it. Uh, at the venue. Um, so Kona Ice is actually my true um, corporate sponsor. And uh, I am super happy to be with those guys because – uh, just what they do. It's more than just shaved ice. It's what they do to the community and the money that they give back to school. So anything that you buy from them, they're helping that community. So it's franchised out uh, to local. So any cone ice truck you see is owned locally, and they come there in portions of that money. Like, for instance, and I don't know, I, I, I talked with the lady there, at the owner of the truck there in Alabama. But, for instance, they're going to donate money, a portion of the proceeds they earned there at the venue to like Spartan kids or uh, they'll go to schools and money, you know, for fundraisers and portions of those funds always go back into the community. Um, and that's incredible to be part of that. And, uh, and that partnership means I can also go to the schools and talk about maybe fitness, and basic nutrition. Oh, that's cool. Spartans, yeah. Bring some Spartan swag, like my buckets and sandbags and let them feel and touch it. The spear, and, you know, talk that. So it's a good partnership. It's a great company, and it's actually healthy. Most people don't even realize that uh, it's a it's a healthy. It's considered a healthy snack through the USDA, and that's why they're able to go to schools uh, because they've met that USDA standard for um, smart snack. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know it was considered a healthy snack. <laughs> it is. No, yeah, that's right. And most people don't realize that um, they have a sugar-free and a vegan uh, sauce or, or flavoring, but all of it, the very first um, ingredient is uh it's, it's pretty simple uh it, it just starts right out with fruit and and uh it's blended with vitamins vitamin c and d uh, only 42 calories zero fat and uh it's 40 percent less sugar than your natural you know snow cones and slurpees and slushies so yeah it's uh usda standards for for uh this you know school snacks so that's why you'll see them at schools a lot of times for fundraising and uh yeah, so it's uh, it's really cool to be uh, yeah partnered with them. Uh, just a shout out to you know Ken uh, Lavity. He's the owner of the Tampa one old Seminole uh, Kona Ice old Seminole who sponsored me. He's a retired uh-huh. uh, military veteran over twenty years and now works oh, cool. for the Department. Of, yeah, works for the Department of Defense as a civilian, and he brought me on and uh, yeah, yeah helps uh, helps sponsor me for uh, yeah for Spartan, and then in return I you know hope to. You know, uh, provided my opportunity to go talk and engage with school kids about, uh, you know, fitness and nutrition and all that good stuff. That's cool, man. Yeah, man. Well, hey, Cole, man, I'm out of questions, man. Is there anything you want to add to this? No. Hey, one, thanks again for, uh, you know, taking this opportunity to, uh, you know, to be on your podcast. Cause it, uh, Hell yeah, man. You all the time, man. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it, it may seem kind of weird, but if I can't sleep, I'm throwing you on your pot or on the turn on the podcast on the phone and uh you sometimes you're the last person i hear when i go to sleep man <laughs> oh that got weird, weird straight <laughs> 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 no, i'm just messing with you no thanks for having me on you know, this is really a, a great community that we're part of man uh, i agree you know, dude. I, and, and you know I, I see this as a family um and for me it's almost like the military the military is a family i've really got you know you and just all of our group of uh you know athletes not yeah. only in our media running group but out external um it's just really cool to be part of uh, of this and uh yeah it, it's extremely fun so definitely thanks for having me on and yeah man it's always with fun you. with me you and bruce and everybody else we all get together at the race and just hang out and have a good time man it's always fun dude oh yeah definitely 
one of the best uh, experiences, you know, definitely besides out there running and uh, getting after it is, uh, yeah, that community and that brotherhood and that camaraderie afterwards. Uh, yeah, incredible. Heck yeah, man. Well, shoot, Bruce. I mean, I'm here to try to call you Bruce. Well, shoot, Cole, man. I appreciate you taking time to do this, man. And uh, we'll see you at the next race, bro. Absolutely, buddy, man. Keep crushing it, man. Congrats. Right. I'm going to try. Later, dude. Later, bro. Hope you enjoyed the interview. I want to thank Cole again for taking the time to talk to us. I also want to thank him for his service in the military. It's really awesome what those guys are doing for us. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Leave a review on iTunes and I'll read it. I really appreciate the reviews I've been getting here lately. It really means a lot to everybody. My next race will be at Lake Lanier. Hope to see some of y'all out there. Until then, we'll see you at the next race. Thank you.